0: Brennan Pointer. Along with me is Adam J. Pitzer. How's it going, buddy?
1: Kevin, you are such a disease.
0: You're like what the French call... call... les incompetents.
1: Look what you did, you little jerk! (laughs)
0: <laughs> um, I, I think there's another one in there. I I, I don't remember it though. Um, well they there is he
1: goes, Kevin, I'm going to feed you to my tarantula. But as far as I know, Buzz <laughs>
0: never actually said that. They just added that in. It's, it's like he, he it's like when he's like thinking of all his like people that are mean to him and he's he like makes up stuff. Uh, yeah, so home alone. We're doing home alone today. It's it's Christmas time. <laughs> Um, Home Alone is a 90s, ah. is a 90s movie, um, which goes in the theme of our of our show, The 90s Brothers. It features one of the greatest child stars of all time, Macaulay Culkin. Um, but before we get any, any further into that, uh, I want to say thank you, everyone, for listening to our last show. Um, I want to give a special shout-out to one of my friends and co-workers, Peyton McDuffie. She left us a really nice review on uh, on iTunes, and uh, I just wanna I want to thank her for uh, you know reviewing us. So thank you, Peyton. Um, good work, Peyton McDuffie. Cool name, by the way. Yeah, it's um it is a cool name. I, I like a, a a Mick like Abby always says like she wishes her name was like not Pointer. She wishes it was like Oh something. <laughs> like those, Your wife says to you, I wish I didn't have your name. She wishes name. her name was like a Mick or like an O, like O-Hallihan. I don't know if that's actually, she's never said that. Uh, but yeah, Duffy, that's, a strong, Irish, that's a strong Irish last name. Or maybe it's like Scottish, I don't know. Yes. <laughs> um, I think it's Irish. And you know, and Payne did something that all of my friends that listen to my podcast should do and uh, fr- family members should do they should get on iTunes and review us and even if you're not one of our close friends or family like please get on iTunes review our show give us those five stars we're like two three reviews away from that that coveted 20 reviews um, you know I didn't notice the other day Adam what are we gonna I,
1: what are we gonna do when we get to our, our goal of 20 reviews by the way are we gonna have like a
0: what are we gonna We're do? We're gonna party. We're gonna do a very special episode, um,
1: like a, an after-school yeah, episode.
0: After-school episode. We'll talk about you know the the dangers of uh, drug, drug use, and use, STDs, and you know bed, bed bugs.
1: bugs. The you dangers could, of bed bugs. I'll give you all. I'll give you all a, a, an info. You could sermon. do an
0: entire. You could do probably like two hours of that, couldn't you? Um,
1: i could and it would be thrilling radio <laughs> uh
0: so but yeah get on there and review us that'd be that'd be much appreciated um i mean before we go any further it's it's christmas we're uh in the i'm in the christmas spirit um are you in the christmas spirit adam humbug um you know i, I don't know if i've
1: talked about this on the show or not but i don't really do the whole gift giving thing anymore, except. If if it just happens to work out, like I give gifts to kids, but I don't give gifts to anyone else. And I've told everyone not to give me gifts. Um, the only exceptions are if I find something that I know someone would really like. And that's that's me doing it because I want to, not because I, I feel I have social pressure to buy anyone a gift. And so it's much more enjoyable for me. Um, so I've loved Christmas ever since I made that change about five years ago. I have almost no stress uh, whereas, and, and I can just focus on and spending the time with friends, loved ones, uh, family members. And, uh, yeah, my wife and, uh, all my coworkers are all just buzzing around with stress constantly trying to buy all these gifts for everyone. And I, I keep waving this flag. I was like, Hey guys, you need to talk to your families. I'm telling you consumerism is gluttonous. You don't need to give everyone gifts anymore. And, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I've converted anyone yet, but the, this is a really long winded way of saying, Yes, I'm in the Christmas spirit, and I love Christmas now. And that wasn't that's always good. the case.
0: good. I, I, I appreciate your your you know. I appreciate your view on Christmas. Um, I like getting gifts. I like giving gifts. It's not that that's stressful for me, but uh, I definitely I can definitely understand like why you'd want to why you'd choose to do that. Um, I, actually, I want I want to say, uh, you Adam gave you. You I mean you do give gifts to to the kids though? Like you sometimes. It, it's like, and last year you sent Lincoln Ivy, the Phil and Lil dolls, and they absolutely lo- loved them. Like, n- ten months later, like, <laughs> um,
1: that's a win. That, they, that's a win.
0: A, they like they discovered their so Lincoln Ivy are um, their middle names are Philip and Lillian, and uh, kind of I mean pretty much after Phil and Lil from the Rugrats, and uh, Adam sent them uh, Rugrats dolls and one day uh like a month ago ivy was like going through her toys and she's like oh, a little doll and she's like i'm a field doll, and she like gave it the link and they were like so they were so excited to like see them and play with them and it was just like they had reopened them all over again so uh that was really cool and that's uh, great no that's great so, but uh but you, but you know, I didn't do that because I
1: uh, felt I had to. I did it because I wanted to. Because they're your kids. I like you. I like them. And uh, you know that. And that to me, that's what gift giving should Absolutely. be like.
0: I I totally agree with that. It should not be something that you just should have to do. Yeah. Yeah. No
1: one told me to do that. There's you. You and Abby certainly presented no expectations that I had to give them a gift. I don't know. I just I thought they'd like it. That's all. I'm I'm so glad that Absolutely. they did.
0: So. Well, anyways, happy merry, happy merry Christmas, (laughs) merry Christmas, everyone, and uh, merry Christmas, everyone. Let's talk about possibly one of the greatest '90s Christmas Ah! movies, Home Alone. Adam, you kick it off, and you tell us, you tell us this this movie is all about.
1: Okay, so uh, the synopsis. Adam's time to shine. Um, let's see here. So there's this kid, Kevin McAllister. And he's kind of a little shit. And uh, it's like the week before Christmas. And his cousins and his aunt and uncle are over. And they got this crazy house party going on. And they're all leaving to go to Paris in the morning. Um, And there's like, I don't know, like 14 of them in total. So a bunch of kids. And everything's really chaotic because everyone's in this house. And everyone's trying to pack and eat dinner. And uh, anyway, uh, the power goes out in the middle of the night. And in the morning, everyone has to rush to get to the airport in time. And there's some confusion with this neighbor kid, and they get the head count wrong, and then they don't realize it till they're on the plane. But the family left Kevin home alone, and everyone's on a plane to Paris. And they can't get home, so Kevin's essentially stranded at his house in Chicago around Christmas time by himself. Um, you know, with his whole family in Paris, which is problem enough. But add on to that that the wet bandits are out of jail, and they're back on the they're back in the game. And the Wet Bandits are these two, like, uh, house criminal guys played by Joe Pesci and uh, Daniel Stern. And they are going around casing the houses in the beginning of the movie, pretending to be cops, eyeing what to do here and there, figuring out who's going to be on vacation. And now the Wet Bandits have their eye on Kevin's house. And the only thing standing between, you know, the Wet Bandits and all the riches and all the toys and the gifts and the cash hoards and everything – for Kevin's family, is Kevin himself. The cops aren't taking him seriously, so Kevin needs to booby-trap the house and make a last stand against these asshole bandits because he's going to save his Christmas and his family's
0: stuff. Well, yeah, that's, that's that movie. That's the movie in the nutshell. I, uh, you know. It's, uh, yeah. Let's end, Let's the, end the podcast. It, yeah, we don't need to talk about this show anymore. <laughs> I mean, this movie anymore. Uh, that's it, so, yeah. uh, <laughs> Well, um... When did you see this movie, Adam? When, what, like, how old were you? Were you did you see it when it came out? I'm, pl-
1: I'm, yeah, I'm proud to tell you this was one of the few movies that I, I, I couldn't have been but five or six when it came out. I feel like it came out in like '89 or '90, right? Maybe 1990. And um, I remember me and there was this other little girl on my street named Christy, and I remember I distinctly remember having a conversation with her about how excited we were to see Home Alone. And again, we were about five or six, so this is a a very early memory of mine. And it was around Christmas time. And my parents took me to see it and, you know, I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was fun. I mean, the main character was like, you know, like a, a seven or eight year old boy, and I was like five or six at the time. So it was it was cool. I liked how resourceful Kevin was. I liked that he was independent. I always thought thought of myself as a very independent kid. I don't know. I felt like a, a kinship with Kevin. I, I'm a I'm a fighter, Kevin's a fighter. I don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot of common themes between me and Kevin. So I was I was big on it. I thought it was really funny. Of course, it was right for my age market and uh it hit the market at just the right time in the 90s and Joe Pesci was like, you know, like a total A-list at the time with like Goodfellas and, and there's something else that he did that was really high profile. It got a lot of publicity. It was um directed by Chris Columbus um and uh, pr- uh, it was created by John Hughes. So a lot of great talents were involved in making this film, and I think it's just a gem. Even uh, what are we? Twenty eight years later, I still love it. What about you? How old were you um, when did you see I, it?
0: So I don't know if I saw this movie in the theater. I, I feel like I might have, but it was nineteen ninety. Um, my um, so yeah, I don't I don't recall seeing it in the theater. I remember it being. I remember being inundated with advertisements for it. Non stop in, in 1990, though, because it was everywhere. Um, for those who don't know, Home Alone is one of the highest grossing movies of all time. Um, for the, I mean, for the, at the time, it was, it Ow. was, I think it was a, like one of the highest grossing movies at the time. It's been surpassed since then. But I mean, this movie was, a, you know, a cultural phenomenon. Like this, this movie made Macaulay Culkin the biggest, like, one of the probably the biggest movie stars in the 90s um and I mean he he went on wow. he like he hosted SNL as a kid and uh and you know went on to do other you know roles but yeah it was I don't remember seeing it I what I do remember about it though is when my brother when my, my youngest brother Evan was born my parents gave me a VHS of Home Alone for like like when he was born, like here, son, your brother was just born. Here's a Home Alone VHS, um,
1: <laughs> like a like a what like a baby shower gift, right? To big and brother,
0: and it was and my brother was born in September of 1991. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I got this movie. Uh, I watched it nonstop probably that Christmas, um, and. And I've watched – and it's one of those Christmas movies that I've watched every year since. Like I, I will put this on – I'll put this movie on at least once every Christmas. Um, so that's really – So um, quick
1: aside, quick aside, your parents gave you a, a VHS copy for the birth of your baby brother, which is kind of a funny thing. When my dad and stepmom got married, they gave me Turok for Nintendo 64 for some <laughs> right. reason. I think it's like – I think
0: there's this um, – there's this thing when like there's like a when there's a big life event happening but it doesn't necessarily affect I mean it affects you but it's not really like involves you that much or like it's kind of like it, some for sometimes for some for some reason sometimes parents will give like a kid a present to make him maybe feel a little bit better about what's going on like the birth of my brother was really gonna like bother me and I needed a present to make me make myself feel better I don't know <laughs> um did
1: so so did it did the birth of your baby brother bother you and did the present make you um, feel better
0: no i because like my i was i was seven years old when evan was born so like i was it didn't i don't think it bothered me i already had another i already had another younger brother jordan um it was just you know my parents like giving me gifts one of my like if you if you study the love languages which i don't uh <laughs> but if you if you buy into that whole thing, my, my love language is gift getting. Uh, I love getting gifts. Um, you're such a you're such oh a, God, girl. A, girl a girl. That's the girl language. No, it's not. There's Yeah, it is. I, that's sexist. I'm sorry.
1: Didn't you just say you haven't you haven't I, read the I, book? I, haven't did you just say you haven't, haven't read? I haven't read the book? the book. Have you read Okay, okay. then stop. Because I have read I have okay. read the book. Yeah, I read it. And uh, that there was percentages for male and female on each of the four love language, and the gift giving is like is so girly. It's like seventy three percent women yeah, or something I like that. I fall into
0: a lot of girl categories. I mean, I like a lot of girly things. So, uh, what can I say, Adam? Like, like show, show tunes, tuned. exactly. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah. My, my...
1: All right. So your gift gift. Your love language is gift giving. I got to write that my down. My
0: second, I mean, my other, my biggest other memory of Home Alone would be seeing the sequel in the theaters because Home Alone 2 was like, um, Home Alone 2 was just, yeah. All right. Yeah, slow we'll your get roll. Into later. We're going to get that yeah, later. We're going to get that later. That has, you know, that's a little bit more in my mind of remembering. Okay.
1: okay. So let's, let's get into the, let's get into the movie a little bit. Oh, actually, real quick. So when they gave me Turok for Nintendo 64 because they got married, I feel exactly the same way as you. I was like 13 and my mom had already been married. So I'd already been through like a step parent wedding. So I don't know. It wasn't any big deal to me. I, it was just odd. I found it very odd that they got me a gift. I mean, I didn't, I didn't mind. It's not like I didn't want it, but you know, I don't know. Didn't, it didn't, it didn't achieve what the intended result was. Let me tell you that. So, um, back to Home Alone.
0: The, what's your favorite part about? You just watched it, right? Like, I, yeah. So I, I took on Saturday night. We were just chilling at home, and I this was this is on stars, I believe. And I, um, yeah, just watched uh, watched the whole movie. I actually watched it with my wife and and my three year old son. My my daughter was asleep, and he watched it. And I was like, oh my gosh, Link should not be watching this movie because they. It's not like there's not like any cussing or anything, but like. In the very beginning of the movie, there's a lot of like name calling, and for like a three year old, name calling is like is like all three year olds do. <laughs> and
1: so, like, well, I'm 34, and it's pretty much all I do. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> I'm um, what is the most appealing thing about the movie to you? So, definitely the most appealing thing to me about it is it has to be Macaulay Culkin, just because he for being such a young actor, he is amazing in the movie. Like, I mean, there's, I don't think people can appreciate like child actors are not that they They can't really hold a movie. There's not many child all, actors. that can Like they almost always suck. You're so right. And Macaulay Culkin is, is a once in a generation type of actor as a child that could just, he could, he made any movie watchable. I mean, he made it more, he made it, a fun movie I to see. Uh, that's well, probably not exactly I true. He made, he made home alone. He made home alone at least.
1: Yeah. Getting it's even with dad, him. nothing could save getting even with dad, but that's true. You know what? You're right. And I haven't heard people make this point that he was a great leading man, even at an age
0: like what? Seven or eight. How old could he have been in this movie? Uh, I, I, I want to say he was eight. Um, but yeah, he was, yeah, he really, you know, held his own. And the other great thing about this movie is this the cast of characters that, you know, Kathleen O'Hara, Joe Pesci, David Stern, John Heard. Da- I mean, all these. Daniel. Really,
1: David uh, Stern's Daniel Stern, NBA sorry, commissioner.
0: A, <laughs> that's right. Sorry. Uh, but uh, Daniel Stern, uh, <laughs> they, uh, it, it was it's a really good cast of characters. And the, the, the Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern, like they, their chemistry in the movie is really good, too. So Adam, so what would you say your favorite part of this movie is, or favorite thing about it? Sorry,
1: I had some stupid reason, but I'm changing my mind. I'm going with your answer, and it's it's the rewatchability of the great performance of Macaulay Culkin. He is his ability to um, take direction and make facial expressions and change his tone of voice to fit the fit the scene and to be you know funny, but but tough and uh, vulnerable and endearing and, you know, uh, relatable at the age of like seven or eight to be like alone on a screen with just him in the, in the house by himself for the wet bandits for like 70% of the movie and have adults and old people be able to watch him, like him, want to watch him again year after year. That is not easy. I mean, how many movies have millions of dollars of budget with A-list actors and they can't hold anyone's attention for more than 20 minutes. Like this this kid and his ability to have the audience in the palm of his hand, it's it's a great example of um g- great directing, great screenwriting married with, you know, a very talented young actor.
0: Absolutely. Um I would totally agree. So, but yeah, um so who who's your favorite character in this movie besides, you know, Macaulay Culkin? Like is it? Do you do you have one? Is there anything? Is there any other performance that you like particularly? Think was really good.
1: Um, I mean, Joe Pesci's really good in it. I, I I'm a Joe Pesci guy more than a Daniel Stern guy in this movie. Although I really like Daniel Stern. He was the narrator in um, The Wonder Years, which is like one of my all time favorite shows. Um, so, but but Dan, but Joe Pesci, the little angry. It was sort of like an angry little Italian guy but he was also a criminal. And like I said, it came out, I think, the same year as Goodfellas. So he had a lot of – he just had a lot of stuff going for him at the time. Um, other than Joe Pesci, I, I don't know that there's anyone that stands out in particular um, as an actor. I, I Maybe I'm missing someone, but I don't think so. I mean, there's not all that many characters in this movie that have a substantial role.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, the only other character that I would, would say I really like is – Catherine O'Hara and, uh, I mean, I like Daniel Stern and Depeche, but Catherine O'Hara's character, like there's a, you know, her, her being a mom and having to get back to her son and all the stuff that she goes through. I mean, they, they kind of use that as like, um, you know, a way to to progress a movie along with not just using Kevin the entire time. Um, I want to give a shout out to John Candy who's in this movie for like, a tiny little bit, like, it, and probably what was one of probably is what one of his last roles. Um, I, I think he died in ninety four, but um, but yeah, he I mean he he made a cameo in this movie playing a guy in a polka band who helps Catherine or Harris character get home to Kevin. Um, and uh, and I thought that was interesting just because it's just and it's John Candy. John Candy was a was huge, and this is nineteen ninety, and he was he was a very huge actor. At, at, I mean, in the nineties. And to be a have a cameo role was was cool. Um, he, he
1: had he had done a lot of John Hughes movies. It was my understanding, um, and so they they were kind of friends. And would you know how you see like today, like uh, you know, like Seth Rogan's in every right. I don't know what's what's that other idiot's name, James James Franco. Movie. No, oh, I was yeah. going to say James Franco. And then like in the old days, like Adam Sandler is always in Rob Schneider's movies. So it was kind of like, and vice versa. It's kind of a relationship like that. I've read that they were just really close. Mm. You know, he knew that having John Candy in the movie, even as at a small time, would would help its marketability. Would help. It would help a lot of things. And John Candy did it for sure. Yeah. Um,
0: which uh, obviously, I want to talk a little bit about the end of the movie. You know, when Kevin, you know, sets up the traps. Like the big, the big driving force in the movie was that. There's going to be an ultimate showdown with Macaulay Culkin, uh, Kevin, in and the and the Wet Bandits, and because uh, that was in the promo stuff, in the promo and the trailers, that was like the big setup and why you wanted to go see the movie. And it and I was like, and it doesn't ha- it doesn't happen until like until the last like twenty minutes of the movie. Um, and so like you're you're kind of waiting this and you're waiting this entire movie for this like to happen. Like what? Like what did you think about, you know, that part of the movie?
1: Um that's the best scene in the movie. Uh I think we should talk about a couple other good scenes leading up to that first and then do that one last. Um for sure, yeah. One, one really I always I always think the little Nero scenes are really funny where he's tricking the pizza boy with that Merry Christmas, you filthy animal like uh, old 1950s gangster movie audio on his on his TV. And how he gets the he he uh, he pays for the pizza boy with a tip through the through the mail slot, and the kid slips. I like the scene where Kevin steals a toothbrush and he runs away, and the shopkeeper's like chasing him. Um, there's one other on the tip of my tongue, but um, those you know, there's a lot of good scenes. Just the scene when Kevin finds out that he's gonna be home alone, when he realizes he's home alone, his parents are in Paris and he just decides to throw this big party for himself and he's jumping on couches and beds and he, he makes himself like this giant like ice cream bowl. And, and by the way, um, that particular scene with the ice cream bowl, he has marshmallows in his ice cream. And the, I got that idea from watching that movie. And to this day, if I have a few marshmallows, like especially the miniature ones, I like to put them in like a bowl of vanilla ice cream. I think they're
0: delicious. Hmm. I've, I've never tried that. That sounds like a, Something I should try. Yeah, I yeah. mean the montage. The montages in this movie are are on point. Like the you know, like you said, the first one, the you know, the last one of him setting up all the the traps. Um, I think there's probably a couple other montages in it. But yeah, there's definitely there was yeah, it was it's there's all, and they they use this scene from a fake movie that's like they just use for the movie. It's called and the, but the movie is called Angels with a uh, Filthy Souls, and um and so they. Like, and so at the beginning of the movie, like, Kevin can't watch the movie with like the older kids. And so, like, he, like, the first thing he does is he's like, I'm going to go watch this movie. And, and, you know, and he, like, yeah. So, uh, and I, that they use that a lot with, uh, they, he used, they use it twice with the, once in the Pizza Man, and then he uses it with, uh, um, with Marvin Harry. Uh, is that Marvin Harry? Is that right? Um, yeah, yeah, that's right. So, But yeah. I I know.
1: I know the scene. I know the scene I was talking about. It's the scene where Catherine O'Hara is in the in the airport, and she's like trying to trade tickets with like this really cute little old lady, and uh, Mm -hmm. there's this grumpy old husband who like doesn't want to trade, and I I really like that grumpy old husband, and and when he goes, oh, all right, I don't know, I like that guy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. It's just it's a fun movie. Um. So yeah, the last scene in the movie, there is, I mean, the setup, it's set up throughout the entire movie. Obviously, Kevin does these traps. There's another scene where he like... Oh, wait, tra- wait, I got, I got a good
1: question. What's your favorite booby trap okay. of the, fi- of the final, like, final battle?
0: Um, man, I don't, the, like the, the, I don't know, the paint, the, not the paint buckets. Um, I don't know which, uh, there's a lot. I mean, there's a, I mean, I'm not really sure which one I like. The the one that seems like the most original, which I don't even know is possible, is when he puts like the, the grill, like, starter, like, he hangs it on the, he, he hangs it on the, on the doorknob, and it somehow like, per, like, radiates heat through the entire doorknob, and, uh, oh, area. <laughs> like burns his hand on, like like burns his hand on it. Um, like those thi- like, but that see that one was like probably the most unrealistic of them all. Um, because like yeah, yeah if you think good, about that's it, that's a good one. If you think about it, all the booby traps in the movie are very realistic. Um, the way they the way they actually go through and like how it actually happens doesn't seem like very realistic, but like they're definitely booby traps that like an eight-year-old would come up with, except for maybe the door one where it like lights um, Marv's head on fire. Is that Marv or he- I, oh, I can't, um, Joe Pesci's head on fire. That one seemed a Marv, little bit unrealistic. Marv,
1: Marv is Daniel Stern. I'm
0: pretty sure. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um.
1: um so yeah. Okay. So I mean, my favorite one is when is, I, I think it's like he puts down like hot oil or hot grease in like the, the cellar staircases. And Marv has to, like, Marv is trying to climb up the cellar staircases to get into the house, and he keeps having to take off his boots and his socks because it's sticking to the hot oil. And then when he gets to the mm-hmm. top, there's a, fucking, there's a fucking nail, and Marv steps right through the nail, and, and he, then he falls backwards down the stairs. I mean, that, it was just a really good visual. I had stepped on a nail that, like, a year before this movie came out, so maybe that's why that always stuck with me.
0: But, um, <laughs> yeah, that's my, that's my favorite booby trap. I, I mean, the other thing I lo- loved about the all the movie traps is just the way like Daniel Daniel Stern and uh, Joe Pesci like how they, they just totally just beat themselves up the entire time. Like at the very end too, like where like Kevin puts uh puts the, the tarantula on uh on Joe Pesci and like and then Daniel Stern like takes the crowbar and like hits him a couple times. Uh, <laughs> I thought it's yeah. just. Like the, the the slapstick comedy, like the the physical comedy at the at the end of was was great. Like and uh, and I think a lot of that stuff that happens in the movie, like, actually happened to them. Like I'm pretty sure Daniel Stern got an iron to the face. Like whoa, and um, and he didn't mean, yeah. So <laughs> you, know, you, you, you you bring yeah, up they're... a good
1: point. Of, you bring up a good point about like screwball slapstick comedy. I think what makes this movie work above other, like, slapstick screwball movies is how serious Joe Pesci and, and Daniel Stern are most of the time and how real the pain seems. You know what I mean? It's Because, you know, you've seen these movies where there's bad guys and they're constantly getting beat up, but it's sort of like, I don't know, it's sort of like Roadrunner and Wile E. Coyote where it's like – you can tell it's not really hurting them. It's just like, you know, people like fall off a cliff and it's like they're like kind of sore and they dust themselves off. Like that kind of shit like isn't very funny to me. But because it seemed like, you know, Marv and Harry were getting so physically battered and like really frustrated and really injured (laughs) and their performances while it was happening, it, it sells it really well. It makes it work when I think that slapstick screwball is actually pretty hard to pull off. In, in an effective yeah. way, yeah. You, you, there's the the goofy farce way, like the Mister Bean shit that you know idiots love to lap up. But but this 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 is a a different blend of the same of the same
0: variety. Absolutely, yeah. So so I think we're in agreement. Home Alone is easily like one of you know is one of our favorite movies. Uh, should we? Do, I I feel like we would be remiss if we didn't talk about. Home Alone 2. <laughs> um, do, we is, there, do so is there much more? To <laughs> Was, is there anything else we need to say about Home Alone? Like, I mean, before um, we move on to like talking more just, about. Just a quick uh,
1: tally. How many times do you think you've watched
0: it over the years? Well, let's see. The movie's been out for 28 years. Um, I've probably watched it once every Christmas for 28 years. Um, plus all the times when I got the VHS tape, I probably watched this movie. I probably set. I probably watched this movie. i not all the way through, like, but like, been. In, it's been in my front of my face probably like 50 plus times, like, in my can life you where that? I've like
1: can you, can you
0: actively watched that? this movie.
1: Like just um, and I know I I do this probably too often on our podcast where right? I try and take it back to the writer. But can you imagine like as a screenwriter writing a comedy? that would be able to influence a stranger a man a young man named burning pointer who you've never met to the point where he's going to grow up watching your story again and again and again and enjoying it like every christmas and then watching it with his kids like the 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 power that a good story has is so unappreciated and i i guess i like to take moments like this to help um put them on a pedestal a bit and compliment the great writing directing and, and the performances as a real gift, a real treat that we get to enjoy. And, and I, you know, it's easy for people to say, Oh, it's a good movie. I like that movie. It's not so easy to make something like that. It's in fact, it's incredibly difficult. So thank you, John Hughes. Thank you, uh, Chris Columbus and uh, the cast for, for giving us such an awesome holiday gift.
0: Yeah. uh, John, John Hughes, I mean, legend, like so many good movies that he's created and like characters that he's created over, over the years. And it's, a shame that he's he's gone. So yeah, uh, for sure. So yeah, let's move on to the bastard child of of all this, which is Home Alone Two. Oh, <laughs> uh, so Home Alone Two uh, get, set this up. Do it really quickly. I think we all know what it's about.
1: Okay, so remember the synopsis I gave for Home Alone One. It's the same thing, but in New York.
0: <laughs> how quick uh, exactly you it?
1: <laughs> um it's the same damn movie uh, he's just in new york instead of trapped at home he's trapped in new york it's the same It's
0: the same um, exact movie otherwise except i was actually i'm i do not like john Mullaney. um i i'm not i'm not a big fan of his comedy uh but uh he i was actually watching a stand-up yesterday and he was it, my co-workers were playing it, and he w- he did this bit about Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. And he's just like, how do you get lost in New York? There's street signs everywhere. Like, you're in the biggest city in the world. There's no way to get lost there. Anyways, uh, yeah, it's, this whole movie has so many problems. They they basically just took Home Alone, just redid it, all, I mean, to, and just made it bigger and stupider, you know, and like, I, I, as a child, I liked it. I thought it was enjoyable. I was excited to see Kevin, um, you know, being lost again. And obviously he couldn't be left home, home alone again. That wouldn't make any sense. And so they had to like, you know, the, the way that he gets lost in New York is he gets on, they're supposed to be taking a flight to Florida and he accidentally gets on a flight to New York. And uh, you know that's how he gets gets to New York, anyways. And I don't know it, it. was a big money grab. The movie came out two years later after Home Alone. Macaulay Culkin was the biggest actor in the world now because of Home Alone, and they had to make a sequel to, you know, make some more make some more money. And so this ripped off the first you know script what? and just did this. You know, I, I really hate.
1: When sequels are big disappointments, like when the original is really funny and the second one's not funny at all, the original's a really great action movie and the second one's really stupid. Ah, I, I don't know that I hate Home Alone Two. I just feel like it's just more of the same. I feel like Kevin's snappy dialogue and his good performance is still there. Um, Marv and Harry are still there. The the battle scene between Kevin. And Marvin Harry in like his uncle's abandoned loft, which, you know, who can afford to keep a loft abandoned in New York, but that's neither here nor there. I mean, those were comparable. The, the, where this movie kind of boils down to me is there's, there's a couple of extras in this movie that I really like. I really like like the whole hotel thing going on where Kevin's pretending to stay in this hotel and he's tricking Tim Curry and Rob Schneider, the bellhop into, you know, he tricks them into thinking he's staying there with his dad and he he tricks Tim Curry into walking into the shower on his dad, but it's really just like a like a puppet he's playing with in the shower. I, I thought the hotel stuff was actually pretty funny. They brought back the Angels with filthy souls for like another round with Tim Curry. I mean Tim Curry's a funny guy. Our you know, our current POTUS has a cameo in Home Alone too. I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> yep. But uh Donald yep. Trump is in it. And then um There's a you know the thing with the toy store and learning about giving to you know charity and all that. I wouldn't say that it's a bad. I wouldn't say that it's a bad movie. It's just nowhere near as good as the original. Um, I think I think the real crux of Home Alone one versus Home Alone two comes down to this question alone. Do you prefer creepy old salt shoveler man or a creepy disgusting homeless pigeon woman?
0: Uh, I think I'll go with the latter. I think I'll go with the old man. Uh, we yeah we didn't talk about him at former. all. Um, you mean the former? The former side, not the not the latter. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, he's he's much better. He's much more believable. Like to like, and also all the homeless people in New York, they're crazy. Like they're <laughs> they're, they're, homeless they're, 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 <laughs> they're homeless because they're so they're homeless because they have mental issues. <laughs> so you're saying she should have uh, offered Kevin heroin? To to make to make
1: this,
0: <laughs> the scene more realistic, that's what you think should have happened. I <laughs> maybe they should have they should have created a character that was this. Maybe they shouldn't have not they shouldn't have a pigeon lady. They should have just went with the old man at the toy store shop. Maybe he should have been the old man. I don't know. I that that's a you know that's in a in pigeon, the movie in both in in.
1: Pigeon lady was what had a deeper character than the salt shoveler man. And and Kevin kind of had to learn a lesson about homeless and giving back to people and it helped him, you know, want to give back to those kids at the toy store. There was some, you know, Kevin's growing up. He's got to learn about homelessness <laughs> and he's got to learn that if you're homeless, <laughs> you know, maybe pigeons are your only friend. And uh, anyway.
0: That's true. I mean, in, in both, in both movies that those characters, they act as a, uh a way for Kevin to learn something about himself. And then in return he teaches them about themselves as well. So like um they're good uh they're good plot drivers for you know for the movie. Uh but yeah, the the pigeon lady's creepy. Like that's p- pigeons yeah. are are creepy themselves. I mean they're they're the rats of the sky. Like you I don't want pigeons. Oh. You don't want those things crawling all over you, you know, like you You're probably going to – she probably died early in life because of all – like, she got some type of disease, you know? Um, Well, we can hope. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Maybe she cleaned herself up. Maybe she cleaned herself up. I don't know.
1: So I just looked up Macaulay Culkin. He was born in August of 1980, and Home Alone came out in 1990. So Okay. That means it was probably filmed in 89, which means he was probably nine years old. He was just a very young-looking nine-year-old would be my guess.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because he's 38 now. Uh, I just read an article about him today. Um, so, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, so
1: speaking, other speaking than – Speaking of <laughs> Poly Cully movies, movies, um, let's talk yeah. about a few other you know good ones when he was a kid. Obviously, Uncle Buck. He was great in Uncle Buck. Not the oh. lead
0: role, but a good supporting role in that.
1: He was in My Girl, Well, that's what started um, – that's
0: what's, that's what's Sorry, go ahead. I, I was gonna say that's what started this, like Home Alone. Like John Hughes made Uncle Buck, um, cast Macaulay Culkin, and then he made Home Alone because of Macaulay Culkin's performance at Uncle Buck. Um, so, like, I don't even think there's any other. I, I this is totally a Brennan fact, uh, but I would I would think that I think they gave Macaulay Culkin this role because I'm, because I'm sure of his performance in Uncle Buck.
1: I'm sure he um, did. Um, John Hughes was famous for that. Um, and well, not you know what he you know what John Hughes had. He had a great eye for talent, and he would he would write scripts around people and uh, let them use their strengths. And uh, that that's not a skill everybody has. Trust me, it sounds easy, right? But it's not to recognize some some talent in some little kid that probably just came to some random casting call audition. Give him you know a great role in Uncle Buck, and then say I'm going to write a movie about this kid, and I'm going to make him the star. And it's gonna be what you say the highest grossing movie ever at the time, like that kind of right. that kind of star recognition gets overlooked so much, and so someone's ability to see that in someone else and then capitalize on it is it it's next level thinking. It's like it's like Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, Nick Saban, shit, like it's people that are above the stratosphere, um, and that's where John Hughes was and uh, will remain. Um, so yeah, we um, said Uncle Buck. He did home alone um he was in my girl which is a very popular sweet movie as uh you know the not the main character but the main character's best friend and um then after home alone 2 he he did the good son have you seen the good son
0: yeah i've watched yeah. the good son is, is is a very dark very good movie uh i love the I, good son
1: i think it's incredibly underrated
0: macaulay Culkin's yeah it's as fuck it, in that movie yeah he is that movie like if you again Elijah Wood's really good like not another great 90s child actor elijah wood uh it's a yeah he's amazing in it uh and it's a and, it, and it's a total it's a it's a total it's a totally different like character like it it shows his range as a young actor that he could you know go from being like this kind of funny little kid to being this dark twisted you know, little kid. Um, Yeah. So.
1: And then um, um, the next big thing he did was Richie Rich, uh, like a year later. Richie Rich is actually a pretty good family comedy. I don't know if you remember it very well. I've seen it probably like a dozen times. I actually think it's pretty underrated also. I think it's really funny. Um, And it's definitely like uh, John, John Larroquette plays a really good bad guy in that movie.
0: Yeah. I I had that on VHS. Definitely watched that um, a lot.
1: And then, um, and then he went down the wrong path, sort of after Richie Rich. Um, drug use, you know, fame got to his head. His family broke apart uh, a lot over his money. And you know, you try and picture yourself as like a young child actor, and you've got your parents, you know, fighting over your money, and what that might do to your head. So, um, I, I, you know. Obviously, you don't want to excuse drug use or anything, but given how we've seen the impact of, of stardom on young people play out time after time after time, the Lindsay Lohans and the like, like again and again, I think it's pretty clear there's there's something there that really destroys people's fabric of, you know, their mind. And it, it really creates some some kind of twisted knot in their logic and in their self-worth. and. Um, Luckily, um, he was able to get out of that at some point and and get back to being you know a decent normal person, um, and, you know after that he did some he did he hasn't done a ton of popular things since that um he did the movie Saved which was actually pretty good he played a kid in a wheelchair I don't know if you you probably seen mm-hmm. that
0: right? I, I I've um, seen that I've seen a Party Monster was um I mean Party Monster was critically claimed uh and it was uh it was kind of he play. I don't really. I've only seen it once. I, I just know that he. It's based on a true story, and it's about. Um, I believe it's about a homosexual who like, is um is he a serial killer? I, I he, him and Seth uh, Seth Greener in it, and and it's a really kind of, it's a weird movie that takes place in like, uh the seven like seventies disco era, um, so.
1: Yeah, I, I missed but, that one.
0: Unfortunately, I haven't seen Party Monster, but I would watch it.
1: If it but it's, it's, it's,
0: it's one of his few like very adult movies that he's done. He also did a really big budget movie in the another movie in the 90s that people tend to forget about Pagemaster which was like um it was like a, a live action movie about a but then becomes like a cartoon movie. It's not very good but it was it was very he was very billed as like like this is you know Macaulay Colkin in in the Pagemaster. Um but yeah, Page so Master Macaulay sucks, Culkin is. By the way, paid stuff. I I have only ever seen it probably like once or twice. I don't really, I can't really speak to it, it. Probably has like a really bad score on Rotten Tomatoes. Let me just finish up about Macaulay Culkin. He's yeah, like you said, he's gone on. He's he's cleaned himself up. Uh, he's come to embrace this whole. You know, I think he now realizes like, hey, I'm a. i am going to... I think there was probably like a time where he's just like, I don't want to be associated as like a child star. I don't want to have. You know, I don't want to be Macaulay Culkin from Home Alone, and I think he realized like that's how he made his money, and like that's how he's famous, and he's come to embrace it. Um, he just recently um, did a uh, ad for Google where he like recreates scenes from from Home Alone, uh, and and it, it brings in like the Google Home like product in with it. Uh, but yeah, he's he he has a, he does a he does a podcast. Uh, it's called Bunny Ears. Um, it's kind of a, he's trying to make like this com- comedy, like network kind of thing, like where he does all these different things. Uh, he, has very, he has a very dry sense of humor, but he's, I think he's doing really good stuff. And he's actually, from what I hear, like from what I've read, is that he has projects in the work and that he's gonna, he's making somewhat of a comeback uh, for what it's worth. So, you know, be, and being I think the, kid, the world-
1: being the famous kid actor from Home Alone really isn't that bad of a claim to fame. It's actually kind of cool.
0: <laughs> right. And uh yeah, I think the world would be better with uh, you know, Macaulay Culkin doing Macaulay Culkin things. So, I think it's I think it's cool and it, you should if you listen to our podcast, go listen to his podcast Bunny Ears. It's kind of on a hiatus right now, but you can go back and listen to the old shows. It's really good stuff. It's it's really funny. Um and he talks a lot about stuff he loves um he, i don't know if you know this adam but he is a humongous uh wwe fan like he he loves cool. it like he's um no i didn't know he, yeah he's um
1: so like juxtapose macaulay culkins you know childhood with like jonathan Brandis, who like unfortunately you know passed away from you know drug use and i think he I makes mean, think he actually may have committed suicide in the end but he had heavy heavy drug problems it was either suicide or an overdose you could argue those are the same thing but um the point is macaulay colkin came out of it he had some shitty times and he came out of it so good for him you know he's something to be celebrated more people you know more people should celebrate the, the aftermath of of recovery than they do you know
0: what i mean for sure absolutely um but uh, yeah, like, what else do we? You, I think you you mentioned in the notes. You said like, let's guess the Rotten Tomatoes score on Home Alone. Uh, oh, real quick,
1: Jonathan Brandis did commit suicide. I mean, he was addicted to drugs, but that he didn't die of an overdose. It was a, it was a suicide.
0: Yeah, uh, Jonathan Brandis was a. He's a very. That's a, I, the only thing I can think of him in is that movie with um. Uh, with Chuck Norris. That's Side like, like Sidekicks, that's right. Oh, and he was in the Never Ending Story Part 2. Um Yes. So And yes. Uh, I, he's I, in I do. Uh, Ladybugs. Oh, was it <laughs> that's right. It was, Ladybug. uh, Ladybugs is
1: Ladybugs is not bad, actually. It's not great, but with, not
0: Rodney, with, with Rodney Dangerfield, yeah. Rodney uh, Dangerfield makes that movie. Right. Well, I think Rodney Dangerfield makes all his like any movie that he's in, he's the only reason why you should be watching oh, that movie.
1: And uh, Jonathan Brandis was in It too, the the original It,
0: the TV, the TV,
1: the TV yeah, show, the TV miniseries. I mean, TV yeah, miniseries.
0: miniseries. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, other. I mean, like we mention Elijah Wood in the in the Good Son. Like, I mean, Elijah Wood is uh, one. You know, one of the few child actors from the nineties. I would say that like went on to like have like a. A super successful career and like still maintain, you know, like not get into that whole world of like, you know, drugs. Unfortunately, I, Elijah Woods been, kind of been blacklisted on in Hollywood because of, uh, he's been one of the people that have come out and talked about all the terrible things that happened to child actors in the 90s. Um, and so, but yeah, he's, it's, you know, but yeah, I mean, Elijah Wood was another. He's a he's a he's the opposite of you know Jonathan Brandis and like and how he handled his success. Um, he was also in The Lord of the Rings, which probably helped him out a lot.
1: Yeah, maybe maybe a little. <laughs> you know um, what the good son, the good son would be a great episode of Super Nineties Brothers one day. I think that's a great movie, and and you're right. The, probably about the two best child actors I can remember of that era: Elijah Wood and Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. Um, um, okay so in, I, well, well, I thought of a fun little game for us to play and that's to compare home alone with you know three to five other christmas movies and then try and guess the rotten tomato scores and i'll look them up and see who's right and i haven't looked ahead i have not so this is we're doing this okay fresh. um so first of all let, let's let's figure out who's competing with home alone so let's let's figure out three to five other good christmas movies of the time um I'll nominate first, and that would be, you know, National Lampoon's, you know, Christmas Vacation. I think that's that's up there on the the you know, the Mount Rushmore of
0: of, of my Christmas movies. Um, um, okay, what what about um, you? So I'm so thinking thinking '90s Christmas movies. I'll probably have to go with uh, the Santa Claus. That was a very that was a staple in my household. Uh, it's probably not. You know, it's not that great of a, it's a good, That's it's like a good when, Christmas movie. The, the
1: Santa Claus was, the Santa Claus was good until like the last 20 minutes. The last 20 minutes, it got so stupid, particularly elves with attitude. I thought that was so fucking dumb. Even when I was 10 years old and I saw that movie in the theater, I was like, this is so stupid. Like that movie was funny already with Tim with Tim Allen. What this elves with attitude shit? Who thinks this is funny?
0: <laughs> Sorry. That that's that's true. Uh, <laughs> what else? Let's, to get, let's get two more. Oh, we'll
1: do Home Alone two. We'll look at Home Alone two because that's okay. Just for minutes. Home of Alone a two. All
0: right. Um, uh, other Christmas movies from other Christmas movies from the nineties. Um, gosh, there are so many. Is uh, give me. A, I, I'm not gonna say Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street because that movie wasn't. I don't know if that really counts. Uh, does Hook count? Does Hook count as a, no, as a Christmas movie? No, no. Can <laughs> um, we'll uh, g- g- you give me give about, me another? Uh,
1: oh, we should do Muppet Christmas Carol. Um,
0: okay, yeah, you made me my, you made me watch that before. That's my wife's uh,
1: favorite Christmas movie. And
0: there's Christmas one I'm forgetting Carol. that there's 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 another big '90s like '90s Christmas movie. All I want for Christmas. I'll be home no. for Christmas. The ref? Huh? JTT. No, no, no. With Dennis. That's not a, that that, that in the Christmas movie? I don't, I don't think so. Well, Is Buddy, is, is is Elf, is Elf in the 90s? No, that that's like the, 2002. No, that die Hard? Is that
1: what we're talking about?
0: No. I, I, I'm i not even going to get into this whole right, argument well, of Die right, Hard being a Christmas stop. movie let's or stop. not.
1: Okay, we, we have enough anyway. <laughs> Okay, so jingle all the way is good.
0: Jingle all the way is good because jingle all the way is good because it has two big '90s stars in it of Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad. <laughs> okay, jingle all the way is not
1: good, but I know what you mean. <laughs> okay, so all right, so I've made a little grid here. So we're gonna go through and we're gonna pick the the Rotten Tomato score, and at the end we'll see who gets the closest. So um, Home Alone, what do you think it is? I'm gonna go 87. 87. Okay. I'm lower than that. I'm going to go like, uh, I'm going to go 70. Okay. Home Alone 2. Um, I'm going to go 65. Ooh, I'm lower. I'm going to go 50. I'm going to go 60. Just a little lower. Okay. Um, National okay. Lampoon's Christmas Vacation.
0: Um, what, what what number in the series is that? Is that, is that like the third one three. in the
1: series part, Yeah. It's yeah,
0: part three. I'm gonna go seventy-five.
1: Okay, I'm gonna be lower than. The, I think I don't know the Christian like that one. I'm gonna go fifty-nine. All right, the Santa, the Santa Claus,
0: Tim Allen. Hmm. I'm gonna go. Gosh, that's so. It could, that movie could either be like in the '90s, or it could be like. In the 40s. <laughs> Brennan, uh, it's
1: have you I'm... ever been on Rotten Tomatoes? There's zero fucking chance it's in the 90s. Come on. Get your head in the game. We're playing, <laughs> we're playing a competition 50, here. 55. 50, 55. 55. Okay. I'm going to go – I'm going to go uh, – I I just – I don't think that highlights Santa Claus. I'm going to go low. I'm going to go like 41. I'm lower than you okay. on every single one so far, by the way. All right. Muppet Christmas okay. Carol. Let me go first. I'm going to, I think this one okay. is, is actually among the best. I'm going to go 72. I, and you know what? Actually, people love the fucking
0: Muppet. 77. Okay. I, I'll take the under. I'll take, uh, like, I'll, no, actually, true. I can't take the under on that. I Muppet Christmas Carol is probably like, a is probably 90. All right. And then
1: Jingle All the Way. I'll go first. 15. Okay. Piece of shit movie. I'm going to go
0: 25.
1: Okay, so for those of you who aren't familiar with Rotten Tomatoes, where the hell have you been the last 15 years? Secondly, Rotten Tomatoes is an aggregate critic scoring website. So critics on uh, newspaper publications and online reviewing agencies can register to be a Rotten Tomatoes critic. So what we were talking about is we're talking about an overall score. It's like an aggregate total score of thumbs up or thumbs down. So if you have a 70% rating, that means you've got seventy percent thumbs up out of however many critics rated the movie. So it's a pretty good place to go find uh, information about movies because it's not just one guy's opinion. It's like it's it's overall what are the critics' opinions about this? And I, um, and I think that's a, a much more effective way to find out you know what you might like or just the percentages that something's going to be good or not.
0: Okay, so first I I I I sorry. Um, I'll say one thing. I typically go there, and I typically, if if it has a, a fresh rating, then I will say like it's worth going to see in the theaters. Uh, if it's anything below that, I usually will skip it. So, for what okay. it's worth.
1: Um, okay. So first up, Home Alone. Brennan said eighty-seven. I said seventy. Brennan, what do you think the actual score was? Well, actually, we know what you thought it was. We thought you thought it was eighty-seven because you're a you're a fanboy. The actual score. Sixty-three percent. Ow! Point to Adam. Okay. Um. <laughs> Home Home Alone Two. Brennan, you said sixty-five. Oh, Adam said sixty. The actual score: thirty percent. Less than one out oh of my three gosh. critics approve of
0: Home Alone Two. Ow!
1: Point to Adam. Brennan, say something while looking at the <laughs>
0: scores. Gosh, uh, that doesn't surprise me. I guess I feel like Home Alone should have been a little bit better than than what than what it got. But I, I mean, like I guess it's I don't know. I, I should know better. I'm, I, I'm on Rotten Tomatoes all the time. <laughs> uh, so. Keep talking. But yeah. We'll about three more. <laughs> it's, it's just, I mean, it, I'd, I'd be interested to know what the audience scores are too. Cause like sometimes if, um, audience scores will, they people go on there and they'll review the movies and they'll give an aggregate of like what audiences are saying. And I those are sometimes important score. just cause like, that's true. I mean, usually it's like movies like it's the Avengers. In, like it's always get,
1: it'll, um, It's but, always better than what the critics think because people are dumb. That the the audience I, score I, I, is always way I, high. <laughs> like the critic score will be like nineteen percent for like Transformers Part Twelve, and the audience score will be like eighty nine percent.
0: That's true. The, the, the another thing is like movies have started taking the the yeah. Rotten Tomato score and like if it's certified fresh. Like they will put that in, like they'll put it in, their you know, their uh, public, their advertising for it, which I think is kind of like, eh.
1: You can do better than it. that. I, I don't mind it. I mean, you're trying to. Uh, the point of a trailer or a preview is to get people to go see the movie. And as you just admitted, not five minutes ago, you said that you look at the Rotten Tomato score before you want to go see a movie. And yet, no, do you have a Problem yeah. with them announcing it? Like I don't. That's speaking out of both. Uh, Okay, so I got the rest you're of the You're right, scores. it is. Na- National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Brennan said 75, I said 59. Truth is a little in the middle, 65%, but Adam is closer. Ow, three to nothing. What, what did you say? You said 55. I said No, I said 59, and it was 65. Oh, I was six off, you were 10 okay. off.
0: You're, you're, I think I'm going to get blanked in this. So No, you got, you got one. <laughs>
1: All right, okay. and uh, let's see. the Muppet Christmas Carol. I said seventy-seven. You said ninety. Truth was seventy-four percent. So you were way over. I was pretty close. Ow! Point to Adam for nothing. Jingle all Gosh. the way. At, Brennan said twenty-five. I said fifteen. Actual score sixteen. I was only one off. Ow! Point to Adam five nothing. And the last one, the one Brennan got right, the Santa Claus. Brennan said fifty-five. Adam said forty-one. The actual score. 74? Are you fucking kidding me? Oh, Elves with attitude. Man. Oh. Man.
0: <laughs> That's hilarious. Santa Claus yeah, is the I mean... least is actually
1: Jingle All the Way is the worst on this list. Santa Claus is the second worst on this list, and it, it's tied for the best score with Muppet Christmas Carol. Muppet Christmas Carol. Muppet Christmas Carol goes to the bathroom and it's more entertaining than the Santa Claus. <laughs> I would rather uh... see Muppet shit than watch the Santa Claus. That's right.
0: <laughs> yeah
1: well so anyway we, um <laughs> i don't know if that game was fun or if it's good radio or bad radio i don't know uh something we're trying out um but yeah i think, name, I, think typical,
0: I think typically typically christmas movies are just not good movies like they're they're cash like it's the one time a year you can release a movie that's about a specific like genre of like like holiday movies and like these movies aren't coming out in like june like so they only can come out one time a year so typically they're just. They're not very good movies, which is one reason why I really appreciate Home Alone because it's less about a movie about Christmas and more about a kid that's lost in his house, that is, you know, Home Alone. Like, it's it's less about Christmas. It's just like they're in – it's this Christmas time. Like, this could have happened in June, you know, like – and it would have been a good movie still. Like, it just so happens that it's happening around Christmas and there's, you know, Christmas themes of, like, family and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, like Christmas is not the reason for the movie. It's just, you know, part of the plot, which is why I think Home Alone is a good, good Christmas movie.
1: Well, you, you say that, but of the six we just looked at, the scores on Rotten Tomatoes were 63, 65, 74, 74. Those are four pretty good scores. That's Home Alone, Christmas Vacation, Santa Claus, and Muppet Christmas Carol. And then Jingle All the Way, 16, Home Alone, 230. Those are shitty scores, but I'm looking up like the best. The best Christmas movies on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Here's one I, I completely forgot about this movie. Mickey's Christmas Carol. Do you remember this? It was it came out in 1993. No. It was like a Mickey Mouse Scrooge McDuck as a, you know
0: Ebony's. Yeah, Scrooge. I've I've watched it. Is that that's the highest Christmas movie?
1: Hundred percent. Of course, that, wow. that a, a lot of times that means that it doesn't have a ton of ratings. Bad Santa seventy eight percent. Wow. Bad mm. Santa's not bad. I wouldn't say it's good. Elf, 83%. There's another one. I, I just don't get it. I don't get why everyone likes Elf so much. Frankly, I don't get why people like Will Ferrell so much. I think he's funny in, like, Anchorman, mm-hmm. and, like, maybe one or two other things, but other than that, I, I just find him very shtick. Like, he's he's a shtick actor. I don't know. He's he's the poly short yeah. of the early 2000s to me. That's true. Hey,
0: They still making a movie, though.
1: Yeah, Gremlins, 84%. Not really a Christmas. Trading yeah. Places, 86%. Um, not really a Christmas movie.
0: Ooh, here's a good one.
1: I want to pitch this. Uh, Rare Exports is this awesome. I think it's Swedish. It's a foreign film. It is so good. If you, you guys, you like movie connoisseurs out there, you, you should be able to find Rare Exports on streaming. It is an excellent, excellent Christmas movie. Let me just read you the synopsis real quick. It's the Eve of Christmas in Northern Finland. And by the way, this is English speaking. It's Eve of Christmas in Northern Finland and an archaeological dig has just unearthed the real Santa Claus. But this particular Santa isn't the one you want coming to town. When the local children begin mysteriously disappearing, (laughs) young young Patari and his father Rano, a reindeer hunter by trade, capture the mythological being in an attempt to sell Santa to the misguided leader of the multinational corporation sponsoring the dig. Santa's elves, however, will stop at nothing to free their fearless leader from captivity. What ensues is a wildly humorous nightmare, a fantastically bizarre... Polemic, pole, polemic on Modern Day Morality. Awesome, awesome foreign movie. Uh, rare exports. Check it out, people. 89%. Okay, Maybe I so, will, uh... yeah, it's good. I think I'll make <laughs> Jill watch it this year. Um, We're trying to watch movies that we don't normally watch, so we just watched, like, uh, I think it's called Deck the Halls. It's like Danny DeVito and Matthew Broderick, and they're having, like, a neighbor with Oh, yeah. yeah. It's not terrible. It's not terrible. Yeah, it's, um, it's all right. Anyway, I, I think that should pretty much wrap up the show. I, I'm not in the mood to do an angry rant. Um, uh, do you have anything else you want to say about Christmas movies, Macaulay Culkin, Home Alone, one or two?
0: No, I think we covered it all. I mean, it's it's it's. Go watch it if you're if you're um it's this is, it's two days of Christmas probably that you're listening to this. Like, go watch Home Alone and you know and enjoy it. Like, cause, and remember your childhood because this, this is what Hope Malone's all about is about your childhood. So that's what it means to me. So go do it. I
1: think I, I think I will, Brennan. I think I will. So um anyway, <laughs> uh, one more time, we want to thank all of you awesome listeners for hanging on, listening to our show, uh, seeing us through a couple years now. Shit, we're in our third year of podcasting and uh, you guys are a huge reason why we keep doing it. So keep listening. Uh, you can email the show at super90sbrothers at gmail.com. Super90sbrothers is all spelled out. You can tweet us at at BroPoMode, at Adam Pitzler, at Super90sBros. We have a Facebook, Super90sBros. You can find us on there. Send us an email. Send us a DM. Slide into our DMs. Um, and let us know what you think about the show, maybe about a 90s topic you want us to do, or if you have questions about us uh, personally, like uh, how often does Brennan shave, how many women has Adam been with. We will work them into the show. So, uh, yeah. And then lastly, if you like, if you're listening right now and you think we don't suck, we'd really love it if you got on our iTunes and gave us one of those five star reviews. We're really close to our goal of 20. It's kind of a big deal for us to get there. We've been asking people. So if you haven't done it yet and you listen to our show, please go do it. If you love the show and you've already done it, please convince one of your friends to listen to the show and then give us a review. It means a lot to us. It's pretty much the only currency that we're, we're asking for in this crazy internet podcast medium world that we live in. Um, do you have anything to add to that, buddy?
0: Absolutely. Thank you guys for listening. Have a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays.
1: Yeah, um, and stay tuned for our next show, um, which we're going to do A League of Their Own in honor of the late Penny Marshall, who just passed, unfortunately, yesterday as we're recording this podcast. Um, today is December 19th, 2018. She passed on the 18th. Penny Marshall, great actress, great director. Uh, Brennan has said in prior podcasts how much he loves baseball movies, how much he loves a League of Their Own. So we're going to do that for her and for Brennan. And uh, yeah, we hope you guys like it. And uh, yeah, if you have anything else you want to talk to us about, you know how to find us. So, for Brennan Pointer, I am Adam J. Pitzler. This has been another snowflakey episode of Super 90s Brothers, Home Alone style. Check us out, guys. Merry Christmas!
0: Peace!